Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. We're going to read verses 1 to 6. Then we're going to go to Hebrews and we're going to do verse 1 and then verse 6 of Hebrews 11. So here we go. Are you with me? Jesus said to his disciples, this is Luke chapter 17, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. In another translation, it says offense. So things that offend people are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to throw, uh, to be thrown into the sea with a millstone, which is just a really big rock, um, around their neck, and uh, then for them to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. There's a word for someone. Someone's like, what? Is that, wait? And if they repent, forgive them. There's also a word for someone. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles turned to, said to the Lord, increase our faith. The disciples are like, hold up. We need more faith for this. This is too much. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, catch this tonight, you can say to this mulberry tree, in other translations or in other passages, it says you can say to this mountain, be uprooted and plant yourself in the sea and it will obey you. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 6 of chapter 11 of Hebrews says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, I'm going to tell a story out of Judges 6 later on, but that's just, I'm just putting that as a pin in your mind. Let's pray tonight. Father God, do what only you can do. God, increase our faith. Not because we need bigger faith, God, but because we just need a little faith. And some of us tonight, we don't even have faith, but God, would you increase so that we have a little faith, that we could walk in the ways of God, that we could honor you with our lives, that we could uh, partner with you in seeing your kingdom come, your will be done tonight. We pray, Holy Spirit, that your word would go forth and do what your word is called to do. Awaken faith inside us tonight, in Jesus' name. And all who agreed said? Amen. Amen. I I remember growing up um, in a Christian family, Christian home, and um, my my upbringing was great. I love my parents. Um, It was good. Uh, I grew up in City Point Church uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, I was in Pastor Sam and Carolina's youth ministry. Um, I grew up in the, under their leadership. Um, I, I would, for all intents and purposes, say that I grew up in a little greenhouse. Okay, I was protected. I was loved. It was warm. It was cozy. It was delightful. Okay? Hmm. Um, and then I graduated high school and I got a job in the real world. And boy, was that a shock. (laughs) And I got an apprenticeship. That wasn't the joke. Um, But I got an apprenticeship and I started doing carpentry. And um, and I I was just um, confronted with the reality of of the world in which we live. And so I, I started going to work with dudes who were taking drugs and talking about it after Monday, after the weekend on Mondays at Smoko, who were, who, when you walk into the Smoko room, there, there's, um, there's little ears, um, 
images and pictures on, on fridges and cupboards and all over the place, really. And, I, and I'm confronted all of a sudden with the reality that my faith, the thing that I believe in which I celebrate on Sundays and do life group with and share in my family and all those kind of things, is very different to the reality of the faith of the world. And I, I'm, at, I'm at odds with that. Like, and I'm in conflict with that. And that's a struggle for me. And I don't know about you, but maybe you go into your workplace tomorrow and it's a struggle. Like it's like a, my boss is not a very nice person. I remember this one time. I worked for this guy, the, the supervisor who I worked for, his name was Ozzy. It, you could not imagine a more ochre Aussie bloke. Okay, he stood at about six foot three, weighted about 300 kg. Like he's this big boy. Okay, his arm was bigger than my face. Like his palm, sorry, his hand was bigger than my face, right? And I just remember just being so torn about what I believed in. And scriptures would come into my mind about, you know, if you deny Christ in front of men, then I'll deny you in front of my father. And if, you know, this, this idea that, you know, if this faith meant anything to me, then it's got to be everything to me. And that's not a scripture, but it's kind of just like a principle I live by. And I'm like, at conflict, and, and I couldn't deal, with the, couldn't deal with the images that were on the fridge and in the smoker room. I just like, I'm struggle street. Like, I'm a visual guy, and I, I want to stay pure, okay? I want to stay clean. And, and so one day, I'm like, the guy's like, hey, you're the apprentice, go clean up. I was like, oh, I'm a clean up, all right. You know, like, so I started in the smoker room, and I started cleaning, sweeping, and I just ripped everything down, and I put it all in the bin. And anyway, I didn't say anything to anyone. It wasn't like I was going to make it, you know, be like, yeah, cop that. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was like, I was more like, sneak, you know, like the little bit of faith that I do have, I'm like, shove it in the bin, shove the bin outside, light it on fire, you know, just, I didn't actually light it on fire, but you know what I mean, like, I'm like, I've only got a little bit of faith for this, and then, and then, oh my goodness, and then, then they found, then smoker happens, right, and, and they walk in, and they immediately, the, the, where are my pictures, and, and this guy, let's call him Ozzy. That's actually his name. Um, just, just looked at me. Because I'm not backwards in coming forward about my faith. Like, they knew from the get-go, I, I go to church on Sundays, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. Like, this is, this is the realest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I'm not going to hide that, right? And so, like, what did you do? I was just like, I just cleaned up, like you told me, because I'm cheeky <laughs> and a smart aleck. And, and, he, and he grabbed me by the, the scruff of my shirt. And his hand took up my whole chest at that time because I'm little and weedy. Um, and he just, and he goes, where are my pictures? I'm like, I put them in the bin because I don't want to look at them and I already told you about that. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. And he goes, you got balls, kid. <laughs> and that was, that was it. So and I was like, I was like, I live. Oh. <laughs> But this is the reality, right? Our faith is at conflict with the world. It's different. In fact, what is it about an 18-year-old punk like me who can stand up to a 300-kilo dude who's doing drugs and working his boss at a workplace? What is it that gives me the balls to do that? Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) Or what is it about... what, What is it... That enables the single parent. I'm so sorry, Pastor Sam. <laughs> if I could tell you, no, I won't. What is, it, what is it that enables the parent after decades to still believe for their child to come home and come to church? 
What is it about the single mom that, de- that determines within herself that regardless of the situation, she's going to raise her kids in the ways of God? What is it about older men and women who are in the golden years of their life but still believe that God has a plan and a purpose yeah. for their life? What, is it about, what, what causes a gathering of people like ours to come together each year to give sacrificially at faith, love, hope, and believe that God still wants to do more than what we're experiencing right now? Do you know what the answer is? It's faith. It's faith. And my goal tonight is to show you that, that God can use you and your faith no matter what size it is. In fact, God is more p- particular about small faith than anything else in the Scripture. It doesn't matter what faith you bring, rather that you bring your faith. God wants to use what faith you do have. And in fact, there are gods in our life, lowercase g, in our life that that need to be dealt with in order that we might serve the living God, the real God, the true God, and have our faith in Him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this, because, whatever, because whoever is born of God or whatever is born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that conquers the world. Listen, our faith. It's our faith that conquers the world around us. It's our faith that enables us to triumph. Luke, we read that scripture in Luke. Jesus is talking to his, to his disciples and he's painting a picture of like what it means to walk by faith and live by faith. And he says, hey, listen, if, if someone comes to you and, and, and offends you and then comes back and says, listen, I repent, I'm sorry, you've got to forgive them. He also encourages you to rebuke them, but that's another message for another day. <laughs> But if they come back and they say, no, seriously, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm turning away from what I was doing and, and turning a new way, and I, I'm really sorry. And then if they go away and repent, rep- uh, you're, you're supposed to forgive them. And then if they go away and do it again or do something else to offend you, do you know what? If they come back to you again, you've got to forgive them again. Yeah. And already I'm like, that's two of three strikes, man. <laughs> Third time, you're out. And God's like, no, no, seven times, which basically is to say, Jesus is like, if they keep coming back and asking for forgiveness, your, your response is to forgive. If they keep coming back and repent, and the disciples' response is, God, we don't have enough faith for this. That's really tough. And Jesus is like, you don't need big faith. He, just a little faith. Come on, if you've just got a little faith this morning, this evening, if you've just got a little faith, it's not the size of your faith that matters, it's the size of your God. It's not that I have to forgive you. It's realizing that God has forgiven me of so much already. And if you, you know what? Yeah, you could come back a hundred times today and you still wouldn't even be hitting the quota that I have up against God's strike rate. So yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, you know what? We're clean slate. Let's start again. Let's try again. It'll probably be me next time. Let's be honest. It's little faith. God asks us to use what faith we have. It's, it's little faith, small faith. It's normal, everyday, trying to pay the bills faith. It's no flashy lights or keyboard making atmosphere as I go into my school, workplace, university on Monday faith. It's this is all I have to offer faith. This is I'm afraid, but I'll do it anyway faith. This is I feel like a fraud and I'm faking it, but I'm still going to keep showing up anyway faith. It's I'll take you at your word, but I might have questions along the way faith. That faith. God will take that faith and say, okay, I'll use you because you make yourself available and you bring me what little faith you do have, I can use that. In fact, the Bible's full of just sometimes really dumb people who just brought God a little bit of faith in their availability and God goes, I can use that. There's a scripture in Corinthians, he says, I I, I hold these treasures in jars of clay. It doesn't look pretty, but there's something inside of it that is valuable. It's your faith, little faith. Maybe incomplete faith. 
But what I have, God, if you can, maybe you can see it because I can barely make it out because a mustard seed's like invisible, pretty much. It's like a millimeter by a millimeter in, in size. It's like minuscule, right? You'd look at it and you'd dismiss it as like a, a speck of dust. You're like, you know, Jesus is like, no, I'll take that. I'll use that. I'll use that. The truth is, we all have faith in something. Listen, the Bible makes it really clear. It says he's put eternity on the hearts of all men. There is an inner part within us that, that is drawn to, has a bias towards, and built exclusively for the eternal realm, the supernatural realm. There is a hunger and a longing within us that demands answers that are beyond natural reason. Right, so, so that's one indicator that, that we have faith. And the Bible also teaches us that God has given to each a measure of faith. Romans. Romans says that. It says, I've given to each a measure of faith. So, so even if you're sitting here before me right now and you're going, this is great, Dan, but you're talking about someone with little faith. I'm at the zero point of faith. Like, I've got no faith. You're lying. God has given you a measure of faith. And it is your job to steward, regardless of how big you feel it is, it's your job to steward that faith, to, to hold on to that faith, to build that faith. Not because size matters, but rather that when you recognize the essential nature of faith in the Christian walk, you'll understand that I need to protect, build, structure my life around this faith. But what is faith? Because that's ultimately the a really big question that it's like we come in church and we're here and people are like come on there's an atmosphere of faith this week and we're all like yeah what is that like come on you got to believe and have faith and you're like how would i know if i've got it what would it look like or feel like or can i touch it smell it how does this work hebrews chapter one sorry hebrews chapter 11 verse one says this now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. This is the closest thing to, the, to a definition that the Bible gives us, right? So let's unpack this a little bit and then I'll tell a, story, a couple of stories and make a couple of observations. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. The, the word substance translates literally as foundation. Another way to translate it would be confidence, okay? So it's a foundational confidence in what we hope for. Now, what do we hope for? We hope for Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, right? His rule and reign and his return in our lives. One day, believe it or not, Jesus is coming back. You might not believe in God. You might be sitting here tonight. You're like, I don't even know why I'm here. But listen, there's a God. He's real. He loves you. He's for you. And one day he's coming back for us, okay? He's coming back in triumph, not as the way he came the first time, which was as a baby. No, no, he's coming back with a flaming sword, flaming eyes, tattooed thighs. It's gonna be gnarly, okay? Like, it's, it's going to, like, I'm, like, anytime, like, Anzac Day and they blow trumpets, I'm like, Jesus! You know, like, <laughs> no, just gammon. Okay, I'm ready. Like, he's coming back. So what, that's what we're hoping for. That's the confidence we have. Jesus is coming back one day. In fact, my life might be a mess for the rest of my life, but my hope is still that Jesus is at the end of that. And I, no matter how my life turns out, it'll be a blip, and then there's eternity and I'm in paradise with him, okay? That's what we hope for, okay? The evidence of thing not speaking speaks of an assurance. It, it's the effect on the present based on a future reality not yet realized, yeah. right? So it's this assurance that affects our present 
based on a future not yet realized or taken hold of. Right? So faith is this idea that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's going to do what he says he'd do, and I might not see that right now in my present reality, but I'm going to act like I see it anyway. Does that make sense? So it's like, I haven't yet actually realized the full um, material, physical manifestation of what I believe, but Jesus is faithful, he's good, and he promised fill in the blank, healing, purpose, calling, a sense of peace, whatever the, like the Bible's just full. I don't have time to go through all the things that God has promised, right? But based on the person of Jesus Christ and who he is and the fact that he was the one to make that promise and he's the only person to date yet that has beaten hell, death and the grave and sin, I place my hope in and trust in who he is and that he has made that promise, therefore he will fulfill that promise, and therefore even though I don't yet see that promise in reality yet, I'll act as if I have right now. That's faith. So when someone comes in on a Sunday and they say, look, there's an atmosphere of faith, it's because they're sensing within themselves uh, or within the Spirit of God upon them in the the moment right then that people are acting and worshipping or believing despite the fact that they don't yet see the physical reality shift around what they're believing for. That's what faith is. I hope I've done a really good moment of teaching that, okay? So to put it simply, so that you can make it practical, it's trust, then obedience. I trust that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what he says he's going to do and I'm obedient to whatever the Bible asks of me for this moment for this thing, whatever it is, right? So I'm believing for healing. So in... I trust that God is my healer and that I am healed. Present tense, past tense type of healing. Not like I will be healed. No, no, I am healed, right? So I act like I'm healed. I still go to the doctor. I I still take medication, but I praise him like I'm whole. I believe like I'm whole. I declare, you know what? No, I'm healed. I'm whole. And I act in accordance to my faith. And even though the situation might not change, I'm still acting in faith because the Bible talks about Abraham who was accredited to him as righteousness because he believed the promise although he never obtained it, right? So I go to my deathbed believing, no, no, I'm healed. I'm whole, I'm well. I am made whole in Jesus Christ. And the reality of that is true because even though I don't yet see it, it's true in the supernatural because Ephesians says, I'm actually seated in heavenly places. That's just one example, right? So it's trust and then obedience. It's, I trust God is who he says he is and he's gonna do what he says he'd do and so I'm obedient to share my faith with my friends in my school. I'm obedient to um, give generously faith, love, hope. I'm obedient to fill in the blank with whatever your situation and circumstance is and what the Bible asks of you to do in that moment. Faith isn't this mystical uh, feeling sense of, oh yes, warm and fuzzies, goosebumps because... Uh, Marlene's on the keyboard. No. Although Marlene on the keyboard is good. No, no, it's, I trust Jesus is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And I'm, because of that trust in who he is, I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to obey what he asked me to do. I'm going to step out as if it's already the reality I'm experiencing right now. Having faith, it's worth noting that we encounter God or experience his reality in the way that defies our natural faculties, physical, mental, emotional, but we know it's real. 
Faith is, is that faculty by which the spiritual realities are perceived as being real and capable of being realized. And it's not committing intellectual suicide. Okay? It's trusting and believing that God, in God, based on the evidence that our reason and understanding can comprehend and what it can't. Right? So our reason, our understanding uh, bring us to a point where we go, this is plausible. And the faith makes up the gap that goes, no, this is a reality. Right. It's, uh, it's, there's enough evidence to go past plausible deniability, to be go beyond reasonable doubt. There's enough evidence. Like if, I don't have time to go into, but just look into the reality, like historical, archaeological, like the Christian faith is not one that is just a blind leap of faith, right? And I think that's often what people associate with faith is just this idea like I'm just, yay! (laughs) That's not faith, okay? That could be defined as stupidity. Faith is going... You know what? There's enough evidence for the fact yeah. that yeah. okay, I'm going to step on I'm going to step out regardless of not knowing the rest. Right. Right. I I'm, I believe that that Jesus was who he says he was and he did what he says he did, he did and he's going to do what he says he's going to do and I don't know what the rest of that looks like but I've got enough to go on. Right. And I'm going to go on that. Okay? So the essential nature of this means that we're not Mean, it, it just means you can stand uh, in a conversation with someone and, and be confident in your faith and not just say things like, well, that's truth for you, but that's not my truth. It's like, well, actually, there's a little bit more to my truth than just I feel this or I, I like this or this is my preference. So actually, no, let's look at the evidence. And I don't have to go in, time to go into the evidence today, but you should definitely do some research about um, the evidence is valid. Now, at this point, we go, okay, we understand what faith is, but, but how important is it to the Christian life? How important is it to my walk of faith? How important is it to me on Monday when I go into my workplace? I'm so glad you asked. One, it's impossible to please God without faith. That's a really big, like, point, <laughs> Right? Because there's not many things in which the Bible says that it's impossible for, right? Like the Bible's really big on making us understand that there's not much, there's nothing that's impossible for God, but it's impossible to please God without faith, right? So we need faith, right? God throughout the Bible goes to great lengths to show that his people that nothing is impossible. From Israel in the Old Testament to the church in the New Testament to us today, God is often uh, has to spend a majority of his communication going, hey, you can do anything with me, but you can't do anything without faith. That's the, that's the clause. If you have me and I, and I'm with you, we're a majority and nothing's off limits. This is basically what he spends most of his time. You just got to have faith for that. I was like, okay. All right. The second thing is this. Everything that we as believers receive in Christianity, everything that the Christian uh, belief system is built around is faith. It's based in faith. Everything we receive from God is received through faith. This is the list. You ready? Salvation, received through faith. The Holy Ghost, received through faith. Sanctification, received through faith. Eternal security, received through faith. Perfect peace, received through faith. The scripture references behind me. Healing, received through faith. Victory from our adversaries, which are the world, the flesh, and the devil, all received through faith. 
the world, 1 John chapter 5, 1, the flesh, Romans 6, 11, and the devil, and there's scripture references for that. The entire Christian life is lived through faith. Anything, get this, this, is, this, is, this might actually blow your mind a little bit, anything not done in faith is sin. What? <laughs> Someone's like, hold up. That's right. If we're not acting in faith, if you're not going to the toilet in the morning, tomorrow morning, in faith, that's sin. And for more reasons than one. If you're not going into your school tomorrow, into your university, in your workplace, going, God, I think you've placed me here for a reason. I don't even like this job, but I thank you, God, that you're still in control and you love me and you've put me here for a purpose. Then if, you don't, if you're not living like that, you could potentially be living in sin. Now, I'm not going to be the arbitrator and, and judge of whether you are or not. That's for you and God to decide. But you need to know that if it's not done in faith, it is sin. Wow. Everything in the Christian life is received through sin. Listen, this is what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, the present, this moment, the physical, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Everything we do in the Christian faith is done well that's exactly it's the Christian faith it's not the Christian religion it's not the Christian belief system it's the Christian faith it's a faith of going I trust Jesus who he is who he said he is and what he said what he said he's going to do I trust that okay what I love is that Jesus never calls us to big faith there is nowhere in this Bible where you will find that God goes I need you to have bigger faith I need you to have larger faith but he does give us example after example of little faith. In Judges chapter 6, while I've got a little bit more time, it's the story of Gideon. And um, I was reading this the other day before I was preparing for this message. Um, and, and like you grow up in church, and so I know the story of Gideon. Gideon's a guy, he's hiding in a hole, basically. It's, it's a wine press, but it's pretty much a hole. And God comes to him and says, you mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you to save my people. Um, he pulls out a fleece, wet, dry, dry, wet, that whole thing. And then, and then bada bing, bada boom, there's 300 men and Gideon defeats the enemy. That's the story, right? And so I'm, I'm reading, spending time with God and I'm reading. And, I'm, and then I realize there's like a whole chapter of like details and important things that happen between Gideon. Like you could mistake Gideon for just being like this weak little guy in a hole going like, I don't want to. My fleece, God. Like, you're just really whingy and weak and, like, pitiful, to be honest. That's how I always interpret Gideon. Before reading this, I wasn't a big fan of the Gideon story. Like, I'm like, and you know, when you rank your top favorite Bible stories, Gideon never made my list. Neither did Samson. But that's another fact. But now I've read this part of the story, I'm like, Gideon's, like, one of my favorite stories. Like, this dude is a man of faith. Because... What we're going to read here, and I don't have time to read the whole chapter to you. I wish I could. But what I'm going to pull out is a bunch of things that, I, that jumped out at me that I believe God showed me for this message to say, you know what? It's the, this type of faith that God can use. It's, it's this type of faith. Number one is this. It's the, I'm the weakest of the weak faith. Right? The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon in Judges chapter 6, and it find, we find Gideon in a wine press threshing wheat. Okay? Which is not what you do in a wine press. Okay, so he's, he's all over the place. 
Okay? He's out of sorts. He's doing the wrong thing in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and, and all those points are messages for another day. But rather that God finds him in the midst of that and goes, you're a mighty man of God. And his response is, but I'm the weakest. I'm the weakest in my family. My family's the weakest in the clan. The clan's the weakest in the tribe. And I don't know where the tribe sits on the totem pole. Okay, so I'm basically really the, the bottom of the barrel, God. And God's like, I can use that. I could, I could do something with that. If you're, if you're willing to take me at my word, when I say that you're a mighty man of valor, that I call you, right. I, I can use that. And, he, and, and Gideon's like, I don't know, God. It's the, it's the really? And this is, what, this, this is what the Bible actually says. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Wow. Come on, if you get that right then. You don't have to have all the answers. Just go with what you have. You don't have to have all the strength. Just go in the strength you have. You don't have to have everything sorted and all your ducks in a line. No, no, just go with what you've got. Take what little you have and go with that. That's the type of faith that God can use. We move, act, obey because God called us and chose us and that's enough. It's not the size of your faith that matters. It's the size of your God. And what you have right now is enough to start. It's enough to get going. Just take one step of faith. Just take another step of faith. Go in the strength you have. The second observation I make is this. The I'm afraid faith. Okay? There's this whole section of the Gideon story where God goes, okay, now that you've done, now that you've taken me in my word and you you might just begin to start to believe that I might want to use you and you're going in the strength that you have, I want you to go into your father's house and I want you to Take this bull that's your father's and I want you to sacrifice it on an altar that you're going to make. And in the process of doing that, tear down every other altar that your family has built to all these other gods. And so, so Gideon's like, okay, I'll do that. And then the Bible says this. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. It's the I'm afraid faith. It's the, yes, I'll go, but I'll do it out the back where no one can see me. (laughs) It's the, I'll serve, but I'm not going to tell anyone, and I'm going to rock up just in the lap, and then I'm, and then, okay, I'm out. It's the, I've only done this once or twice before, but maybe I could do it again. This is so crucial, right? Because the process of this is that he tears down gods in his family. Capital, lowercase g type gods. It's the, if this is real, it changes everything. And it is real. There are altars that we must be willing to tear down when we acknowledge the reality of the one true God who chooses us and believes in us and we then believe in him. Before God will use us to bring freedom to those around us, he must first bring freedom to us. And sometimes that means tearing down... This is why I named this message Fighting Gods with Small Faith. Because there are gods that we must deal with in our lives. Gods such as fear, victimhood, depression, offense, money, addiction, hurt, pride, control. The list could go on, but the point is this. God asks us to tear down these gods and in doing so worship him as the one true God. The townspeople respond to Gideon and they're like, they, they go to his father and they're like, who did this? And they, the Bible says they investigate and they find out it was Gideon. So they go to Gideon's father and they're like, send him out, we're going to kill him. 
And Gideon's father, I love Gideon's father because, I mean, on one hand, he's the guy who set up the altars and they're like, dude, what are you doing? But on the other hand, he responds like this in this moment, which I love him for. He goes, look, if Baal's a god, let, God's, let the god stand up for himself. Let the Baal stand up for himself. And so they gave Gideon this name. Listen to this. They named him Jeroboam to this day saying that let Baal contend with him. And this is what, God dropped this in my spirit right then in this moment. He said, you can contend with gods. You can fight with gods, lowercase g, you can fight with these gods because we are the ones who then, for our family's sake, draw a line in the sand and go this far and no further. You know what? I'm going to tear down these things that have been built around my family. I'm going to tear down the things that have maybe stood generation after generation, but this far and no farther no further, I contend with this God from now on. You can rename me Jerob Dan because I contend with this God. Poverty is not a thing in my family anymore. Sickness is not a thing in my family anymore. Whatever it is, we contend with these God. It's going in the faith of, I don't know if I've got enough for this, but I'm going to do it afraid anyway. I'm going to do it afraid anyway. Listen, these gods could have been put there by your parents, your family, your upbringing, or society around you. But if it's not the one true God, then it's no God at all. And number three is this, I'm in, but. I'm in, but. Gideon, Gideon, the Bible says, he actually calls the men of several tribes to arms. And then we get the fleece moment. It's the, it's the I'm in, but I still got questions, God. Yeah. It's the I'm in, but I'm still unsure if I'm really honest, God. It's the I'm in, but I, I don't know if I have what it takes or if you really want me, but I'll give it a shot anyway type of faith, God. And God goes, I'll use that. Right. It's the God, I, I know you've called me and I've, I've already started moving things. I've already stepped out in faith. I've called men to arms, but just in case, and this is what Gideon did, can you just make my fleece wet and the ground dry? And God's like, okay, sure. And then Gideon's like, I don't. My fleece is wet, but could you make it dry now and make the ground wet and do the opposite? And God's like, come on, I can, I can use faith like that. It's okay, I've got, you know. Yeah. And we could go on with the story of Gideon because, I mean, the guy rallies 30,000 men and God goes, hey, listen, I want to get all the glory. Um, so can we cut that number? And so like 10,000 leave, no, 22,000 leave and he's left with 10,000. And you can still be like, oh, that's a decent amount. Of, and then he cuts 10,000 down to 300 and you're like, oh God, you really want the glory on this one, right? And Gideon still goes, okay. Up until this point, you'd be like, but by now Gideon's like, God, I'm in. 300, you could do it with me and you alone and I'm good because you've, my faith has been developed over this process. My faith has been grown over this process. Not grown to be bigger, but grown just to trust you more, to act on what I know at this point is enough to work with and I'll go from there type faith. The Bible says this, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith our hearts sprinkled clean and our evil, uh, uh, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold to the confession of our hope with, yeah. without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Yeah. For he who promised is faithful. When we grasp that God is able to do much with the little faith that we have, we become confident to act on the promises of God and we bring, begin to see the kingdom reality of heaven manifest here on earth in our midst, in our time. 
It's us as a community acting in faith. It's you in your workplace. It's you in your university, you in your school, you in your family, you in your marriage, you in your parenting, acting on what you have, doing it afraid, saying, God, moving forward with you. I don't have all the answers, but I've got enough to go on. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.